Hi, I'm Adam. I'm Kai. And I'm Malin. This is We Like Games. Play the song. Adam likes games. All right, let's get into follow-up. Yeah. So I wrote this follow-up a long time ago, and I think I wanted to say that we finished Portal Co-op, the Portal Co-op mode. Um, I don't feel like this is spoiling anything, but last week, we last week, last month, we were, ta- we were talking about Portal in general and Portal 2, and there's a special co- co-op mode um, that I recommend you playing after you play Portal 2. And I didn't think this would add much more to the story. I thought it was just like a fun, fun thing to play. But I definitely recommend people to finish the co-op mode because it is actually adding a bit more information to like the portal universe and the portal yeah. story. And it's fun. Yeah. And, and it's fun. Now, so does the co-op, ro- does the co-op mode require, uh, friends? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, I heard that there are some speedruns online where people play co-op mode with themselves. So could do that, but I think it's more fun with friends. Yes, yeah, but yes. if you have two computers, you can you can play by yourself. <laughs> okay, okay, and I I have uh, I have options. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, Adam, did you finish Portal Two since we? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah? Last time I had, I was a couple hours away, and uh, earlier today, before recording, I decided, hmm. you know, I need to finish Portal Two. Um, it was really interesting, actually, because I, you know, you get in that, you get in that mode where you are used to all the advanced things you have to do, and this was kind of towards the end, and I did not know mm-hmm. what to do. In fact, <laughs> I, I'm, whatever the first test chamber was, I was in, I. I drop down a little ledge and then i was like how do i get out of the ledge and i tried jumping and i'm like how does that i'm stuck in this ledge i'm like oh wait a minute i just have to shoot a portal it's like portal portal 101 of how to get out of this area i'm stuck in is just <laughs> that's how much i had forgotten so it was a little bit of a challenge had to use had to use some uh walkthroughs occasionally because i didn't this have time is why to- this is not a pro gamer uh podcast <laughs> Well, it's been a month and a half, you know. I I forgotten all the, but yes, I did finish it, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite enjoyable. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I don't want to. No one talk more about it because then we might spoil things. Yeah, we uh, that loud just, spoiler horn again. Yeah, people should just go ahead and play it. Yes, yes. If you did not listen to last episode where we told you to play Portal, you now need to listen to what we say and play Portal. <laughs> All right, Malin. Yeah. Do you have a number fact prepared this week? Um, sort of. Okay. <laughs> well, what what episode number is it? This is episode number two. So that means yes, we have committed to this fun idea of giving a fun fact about the number of the episode, which I feel it turned into a fun fact. I'm pretty sure it was more, just a number fact. Yeah, no. this is more like a fun fact. Okay. So, um, bear with me. Um, I have a reason why I picked this. So, um. Last week, last month, we were talking a bit about um, co-op games or games when you play when you have a second player, and I think many of us have been at a friend's place and we wanted to play Mario with them. And I see what you're doing, two player number two. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've been wanting to play Mario together with friends, and then you always end up having to defaulting into picking Luigi because that's the <laughs> second character. I feel like this is like 
character number two that everyone thinks of when you think of like a two-player mm-hmm. game. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to give some fun facts about Luigi. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's, that qualifies for this segment, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah. you gave a long enough disclaimer exactly. for why this yeah. qualifies. So, um, just some short facts about Luigi. He was introduced in Mario Brothers in 1983. <laughs> um, some short facts. Fun fact, Luigi is the taller of the two brothers. <laughs> Don't spoil it, I'm getting there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh my really. God. Taller in pixels or in centimeters? I think I think both. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so he... Um, fun fact, actually. He wasn't the taller one at first. So he actually just was... He was just introduced as like a second playable character in Mario Brothers. And he was originally just another skin for Mario. So it was basically the exact same character, uh, just in green instead of red. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the twin brother of Mario. Um, but then after a while, when they went through the franchise a bit more, they actually decided that they, they decided to establish him as like an independent character. And that's when they started making him a bit taller, a bit more, like they give him more of a personality. So he's a lot more cowardly than uh, Mario. That's, that's how they describe it on their own wiki page. I, I'm not, who's they? Uh, the people who wrote the wiki page. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is from the. You super- made it sound like it's some kind of authority, but it's just random people on the internet describing him as This currently. is the Super Mario wiki, Kai. So, you know, there's. The, the Isn't that the whole theme of the the Luigi's Mansion exactly. game? Is that yeah. he's he's uh, scared of ghosts, yeah. etc. So he's a bit like goofy, a bit cowardly, but he's still coming through for Mario, and he's helping him out. He's he's t- trying to save his brother now. <laughs> he and just then. doesn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't really like going through a ghost house. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they gave him more of a personality uh, later throughout the franchise, and gave him some independent games um, like Luigi's Mansion, um, and. Fun fact, he's better at jumping than Mario. Thanks mm-hmm. for spoiling that, Kai. But he does jump higher than Mario, so they gave him that as well. Um, they gave him something. <laughs> which which one of them is the better plumber? <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who would I call if I wanted top-tier work done on my pipes? Depends on the pipes. Depends on where the pipes are located, <laughs> right? I feel like I would go for Mario because usually you want them to like get under the sink and things like that. So you want a smaller Can- person, right? Is he shorter or is he smaller? Ah, good question. He's a bit chubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah maybe, maybe Luigi is better than he has all, longer arms. I would have to make it. You probably pay more for Mario, but I yeah. think it's worth it. Yeah, would really? You, you would? You would? I think for plumbing, yeah, I would go with the better plumber. Okay. Mario just seems like they work for the same company, right? It is like Mario Brothers Incorporated, yeah. and you just book the job, and they send whoever's most qualified. But, but or realistically, available. if if you book the Mario Brothers and Luigi shows up to. No, plumbing, you would be slightly I disagree because I think Luigi would be the more co- the more experienced plumber, considering that Mario is often out on adventures, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like Luigi would be sloppier. He'd be like, "Oh, it kind of works," and then he moves away. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe. And plus, my house is haunted, so Luigi would not <laughs> would not do um, well. Anyways, final thing I wanted to mention about Luigi was that in 2013 they celebrated the year the, of Luigi. They, Gosh, you're spoiling all of my thing. Um, so they celebrated the year of Luigi, which was the 30th anniversary since he appeared in uh, Mario Brothers. Mm. And they released a number of games and different merchandise and had special events to celebrate Luigi. I, I thought that was a terrible marketing idea, but because it felt like no one liked Luigi. That's and the thing. Okay, it sounds like I'm like a year. super fan of Luigi at the moment. 
I'm not really. I, I agree with you guys. He's probably a little bit clumsier. He's a bit goofier, and he seems a bit less qualified. But, but hey, like he's now, still there. Like he, he still g- he still has some things that are better <laughs> than Mario, like the higher jump and those things. But I think the Luigi Mansion games were the first ones where it's like, all right, Luigi is is a cool character yeah. now ish. Uh, <laughs> but 2013, I, I don't know. I didn't. I felt like dedicating an entire year to the kind of your secondary less less favorable uh, uh brother felt like uh am i remembering that right that that was related to the launch of the wii u and they didn't actually have any new mario games except for <laughs> luigi's mansion and so they kind of decided to treat that as a win rather than a loss by <laughs> calling it the year of luigi this sounds Is like that, a that's, how, that's how i kind of interpreted it but <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe. Yeah, it, I don't know. It was definitely yeah. the Wii U era because it was like, didn't they also release new Super Luigi U as a expansion? Oh, I think to... so. I think yeah. So that's the rings a bell. But I think spe- definitely the new Luigi's Mansion was released then. No, wasn't wasn't it only the Luigi's Mansion on 3DS released during that year? Wikipedia. Luigi's Mansion. Uh, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, uh, Mario yeah, and Luigi. Yeah, that's the 3DS one. Yeah, yeah. The original Luigi's Mansion was released in 2001. And there was a new Super Luigi U for the uh, new... Uh, yeah, so there were yeah. some like new unlockable uh, themes and stuff like that that were in, that c- became available in existing games. Mm. No, yeah. cool. Am I correct that, that Luigi is older? Uh, he's actually slightly younger. They are twins, though. <laughs> what? All right, so like minutes. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about minutes. We, we're probably talking about minutes. And this hmm. is Wikipedia, so who knows how correct this is. Then but. why aren't they called Mario Twins? Why are they Mario Brothers? <laughs> Doesn't I, matter. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, Adam. I'm sorry. But don't they also... I, I gotta, gotta research this for the next time. But don't they yeah. also have twin, like evil twin brothers, right? Isn't that part of the Mario universe as well? Like the evil Luigi? Yeah, but isn't is that, that when they have that, like dark versions of all characters? Yeah, but then I don't think are you talking about Wario yeah. and Waluigi. Uh, I don't think they're evil twins. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, yeah. So, yeah. how tall is Luigi then? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so many follow-up questions. Um, how tall is Luigi? Let's have a look. Um, it depends, actually. It depends. Yeah, it depends. I think he's changing throughout the franchise. There are a lot of different games and a lot of different... I feel like you're stalling. (laughs) How many times has Luigi been to rehab? (laughs) I know the answer is more than one. (laughs) Um, Definitely after the animated series. um, And the... Probably also after the... What was the movie? The movie with real actors? I think he went into... Super, that was, yeah, Super Mario Brothers. It was Mario Brothers or Super yeah, Mario Brothers. I think he went into extended rehab after that movie. Yes, yes. All right, cool. Anyways, I can't find uh, a height. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm going to follow, try right. to follow up. <laughs> Mostly trying to mess with you. So I, lo- I, think that, I think we should make that part of the number fact, though, is after you give the facts, we get to ask random <laughs> questions that make no sense. And yeah, you so, have to like stru- you have to scramble to find an answer. <laughs> Mullen's writing down, no longer showing up for the podcast. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, to answer your question, he's taller than Mario. <laughs> Thanks, Mullen. Nice. nice. All right, so, Adam, what are our main topics for this week? Our main topic is 
cloud gaming、Woo-hoo. and cloud gaming services. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I don't know, you guys didn't sound too excited, but I'm super excited about this. I think this is something we've been wanting to talk about since starting this podcast, since planning, I mean, we have episode two, but since starting to talk about this podcast. So, just, just before we go into depth, the first segment is kind of talking about、um, cloud gaming in general、mm-hmm. and whatever pops into our minds、uh, related to that topic. And then the game we're talking about is. Guilt, which is a game that was released as a Stadia exclusive, which is one of the cloud gaming platforms I assume we're talking about. So we thought it was kind of fitting, fitting、uh, game to, to, the, to the main topic. So, where do we start? Do we want to talk about what cloud gaming is? Or are we going to assume that people know what this is? I mean, I think we should give a very brief overview. So, the idea, and, and jump in at any point if, you're, if you disagree with anything.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think the idea of cloud gaming is just you don't have to have a console or a gaming PC to play games, right? That's the core concept. You、yeah. bring whatever super low spec or, or high spec、uh, machine you already have. And you somehow play games on a higher fidelity than those games would be able to run natively on your machine. So、yeah. there are some machines in the cloud, in, on, which is、Or、someone else's on, computer. Yeah.、Um, and, you can even run it on different softwares com-、yeah. compared to what your computer is running. Yeah, but it's, it's some computers running somewhere that's usually not your house that render the games and they send the video stream to your computer. And your computer sends the, the input uh, events uh, back to that server. And similar to all of other cloud services,、uh, you don't have to maintain those. You don't have to do any of the do work on those. You don't own those. The hardware, you usually pay some kind of subscription, but you get access to, to play those games on、mm. those, those、uh, machines. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. It's basically, you know, your, you know, if you think of a game running on a machine, outputting stuff to a monitor and taking joystick as input, it's, you know, you, you're providing the joystick as input and some sort of screen, <laughs> and the video is streaming to your screen、hmm. rather than being directly connected, and the input is streaming to some place where the game is actually running. Yeah. And yeah. So it's like a really you, long it, HDMI cable,、uh, just <laughs> that it's Ethernet and fiber. Right.、Mm. And the idea being that everyone has a screen and everyone has, or not everyone has a joystick, but people have, you know, that's, that's cheap and yeah, easy、like、to an get. Yeah, like an input mechanism.、Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think one of the core selling points is kind of the combination of you don't have to do any maintenance, right?、Mm-hmm. Games getting, getting better, your,、uh, the requirements are getting higher, but you don't have to upgrade whatever screen you have yeah,、uh, yeah. based on the cadence of games, but just on the cadence on when do you want a different type of screen. Yeah. And you don't have to do updates because that happens on a machine that you don't control, right? So the updates just happen. And next time you log in, you got the latest updates. And you can play on, on a various amount of, of screens without having、mm. to physically connect and disconnect something, right? You could say, I play on my laptop today. Tomorrow you play on your iMac. The day after that, you play on your, on your TV. And, and then you go、uh, on a trip and you, you play on your phone or whatever. I think that's kind of yeah, the, the、yeah. kind of core、and、selling I think, point. I think the one sort of critical requirement you have to fulfill is to have a stable internet connection. Stable and fast. Yeah, yeah stable and fast. So、yeah. if you're in Australia, this is not really often working. For example, <laughs> if you look at Stadia, it didn't roll out in Australia because Australia has a tendency to have pretty bad network connectivity.、Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Because you're personally it's not, responsible. It's not your fault. <laughs> I'm not, but you know, I don't want to point it out and make people feel unhappy about it. You know, it's, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think 
as a concept, I think that sounds really promising, um, especially considering that I have a Mac. Um, Macs are not really renowned to being able to play all games that you want to play, potentially. Um, and I also have pretty low-end Macs. So, like, in general, it's not, it's not very it's not having that much performance in itself so and i didn't i have a pretty small apartment i didn't feel like i could fit or felt like <laughs> a <I> console could... <laughs> no a console is fine but like i didn't want to have like a dedicated gaming pc um right in, in my apartment i didn't feel like i pay play pc games enough for that i do play console games so i do have consoles but um yeah i just found this whole concept of being able to just like plug the connect and go uh it's really convenient you don't have to worry about upgrading you don't have to worry about maintenance or anything and i have had really good impressions by uh with with cloud gaming so far how do you guys feel have you have you tried I mean, it a lot for me I, i've been a proponent of of cloud gaming for for a long i always enjoyed it at least i i already used uh guy kai guy kai it's my name in there of and i couldn't pronounce did. it that's weird uh <laughs> guy kai and uh on life um i don't know when would that have been i should have looked that up before uh let me guess 10 years ago does that make sense 2000 like late 2008-9 somewhat in that realm yeah um that was a service where you could play a whole bunch of games uh through your browser i think it was based on on like some kind of flash uh i think you had to have flash running and then it would stream games to you on life had a client for mac where you could play games and i i used to play those a lot when we when i moved to sweden Sweden had fast internet access, and I already used it then. And it wasn't; it was a bit sloppy. It was definitely early days, but but when I when I did that the first time on like some old uh, MacBook Air, played I think it was um, Crisis, which is renowned to be a game that has uh, crazy system requirements. I was like, all right, yeah. this, uh, in a couple of years, um, all of gaming will be in the cloud. Now it's kind of twelve years later, so it wasn't quite <laughs> as fast as I thought. But it seems like this year, twenty twenty, seems to be a big year of cloud gaming. There are so many services that that launched or are about to launch. Um, I mean, Stadia launched uh, late last year and will become available to everyone uh, uh, early this year. There's Nvidia who have their own streaming service called uh, GeForce Now. Um, there's Shadow, which is like you you run the computer in the cloud. There, Xbox is la- launching XCloud. Is XCloud it's, out already? It's it's in a beta, but okay. it's pretty easy to get into. Mm. Uh, PlayStation. That's actually the uh, Sony bought Gaikai for oh, okay. for the PS Now service. Mm. Just mm-hmm. like PlayStation's, hey, you the your console that's actually not backwards compatible can play old games because mm. we just rendered them and streamed them to you. Um, so I feel like it is it is definitely. I don't know if it will be everywhere, but it seems like at least all all the kind of major uh, game related companies, or even Google, who's not really into <laughs> games before. I mean, they're they're getting into games now, but mm. they weren't before. Seems like everyone is at least dabbling with it, and there yeah. are rumors that Valve is is uh, getting into that space as well, and Amazon seems to to at least make significant efforts in trying out if it's feasible for them. Mm-hmm. So it definitely seems like a year where a lot of a lot of companies try to get into cloud gaming and we'll probably see a lot more cloud gaming um alternatives popping up. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I've always been kind of positive about that. Uh and I have super uh good network setup. I think our network setup is as ideal as it could possibly be. We have like a fiber uh gigabit line Everything is uh, Ethernet wired with like 
Cat six cables, everything <laughs> like the longest cable we have, I think, is like ten meters. So it's not, it, it can't get much better than that. And the fiber is all the way coming. Like I can literally touch the fiber coming into into our apartment. That's how small our apartment is. <laughs> <laughs> I also sit right next to that box, but sure. Um, so we're we're definitely in the best possible cloud gaming environment right now. So yeah. that's why I'm curious about Adam. Uh, you you've, <laughs> you've been kind of new to trying cloud gaming, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll uh, I'll play the role of the skeptic. All right, your, uh, that's what I'm hoping I, I, I for. I was thinking you might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I first of all, I should say like uh, theor- in theoretical terms, I totally agree. There's no reason why cloud gaming shouldn't why everything shouldn't be cloud gaming at some arbitrary point in the future. I don't know if that's a year from now, 10 years from now, or a hundred years from now, but I, you know, fundamentally the concept of instead of purchasing some static piece of hardware, uh, every seven years, uh, to have a, a constantly, uh, upgrading piece of hardware in the cloud that is not just constantly upgrading, but is p- perhaps better than what you could affordably uh, purchase for your home and have that just run your games. You know, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's, there's uh, no reason why that shouldn't be the case at some point. Um, but um, I guess the things I'm skeptical about are just, you know, how soon that's going to be, mm-hmm. um, how, how good it is now. And, you know, uh, my only experience with it is Stadia. I did, mm-hmm. I did try that in preparation of this, and I had a pretty good experience with it overall. I didn't run into any major problems or anything. Um, you know, I, I, I'll look. I'll be honest. Uh, part part of my, I'm biased. I I can't have an opinion about cloud gaming and Stadia without having an opinion about uh, Google and uh, <laughs> that, whether they deserve a place in 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 gaming and also just the Stadia launch, which uh, oh, yeah, had a lot is. of issues as well as mm-hmm. just uh, Stadia itself. Because uh, one, one thing I'll point out, <laughs> which is obvious, is that um, you know, when we're talking about these these cloud gaming platforms, some of them are essentially taking an existing platform and mm-hmm. putting it in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like a, a PC, like putting yeah. Steam yeah. in the cloud or PlayStation Now is yeah. PlayStation in the cloud. Whereas other things like Stadia are, in effect, a new platform mm-hmm. in the cloud. And you can argue that once it's in the cloud, who cares about platforms, uh, which is, which is kind of true. But it's it's still in my mind feels like it requires some 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 hump to get over mm-hmm. uh there, there's definitely a lot less friction to c- joining a new uh cloud platform like mm-hmm. i tried stadia yeah i had to i guess i didn't have to buy anything right i could have just <laughs> done it to my computer but uh i don't game on my computer so i opted to purchase the uh founders edition which comes with a, a joystick and a chromecast mm-hmm. hooked to mm-hmm. my tv uh, and certainly that cost way less and had a lot less friction than buying a new console. Mm-hmm. But, mm. but there was still in my mind, I guess this has to do with Stadia more than anything. I kept had to, having to ask myself, at what point would I decide I'm just going to buy new games on Stadia instead of mm. PlayStation? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I would. I'm not. I'm not sure what what okay. what what it'd have to be to get me to that point. But those are kind of two things, right? Yeah. One is the 
will we get to a point where the tech is because we're theoretically i'm mixing everything valve. up i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we're like realistic theoretically valve could join that realm tomorrow right mm -hmm. valve could say steam cloud gaming now you log into your steam account you can play whatever you have in your steam library on on their servers yeah. right mm -hmm. that will kind of change that equation a bit right because now it's like i already have a steam account i already have my games there let's say you do yeah yep. um, but that's sort of what you do with something like nvidia she is uh, geforce now already yeah. you you you're able to just get access to a machine and then you're able to log into your steam account yeah but to me those are kind of two things right one is the business model of the platform and one is the kind of technical side can this work and mm -hmm. can this replace whatever we have because i feel like the business model they will sort themselves out especially considering as you said right friction is really low to to try a new one And a lot of competitors enter the space. So I feel like considering that the friction is low and a lot of competition, that usually is good for the consumer. Because realistically, if, if Stadia charges too much yeah. or, or it's like the, the, you, you can't play online with your friends or whatever, there yeah, is a lot yeah. more, uh, incentive because you can, if you commit to buying a PlayStation 5, let's say, mm -hmm you probably more sticky because mm -hmm. you less likely to buy a second and a third and a fourth console if there's something yeah. not quite right yeah. right so you would stick with that well i feel like with the cloud kind of cloud infrastructure concept um it forces um the business models to to kind of compete with each other yeah because Depends it's so easy for you to switch to wherever you want to go if steam would launch and you're saying i'm already in steam i want to use that yeah go for it right there's yeah. no no inherent like apart from your catalog that's the only thing that makes it sticky but then there's not a lot of friction if you say there's a game launching exclusively on on stadia tomorrow and you want to play that you play it on stadia who cares right there's no there's no fee there's no you buy the game and you play it mm -hmm. and you wouldn't even have to care about what platform it comes on anymore And I think that's kind yeah, of interesting yeah. because so, it kind of levels the playing field. It Rather, depends, because so. at the moment I usually buy consoles based on on exclusives. Yeah, and that's annoying. But that's the thing that I I agree with you. I think it would be great if you make a decision purely on which company's business model you want to go with. But that's not necessarily going to happen um, because sure that's something that would potentially happen with the Steam Cloud and GeForce Now and. Um, shield nvidia shield no what is that one called no there's another one shadow shadow uh because there you can just basically get a box in the cloud and then you decide um which one you want to go with and then you get access to all the games as you would usually do and if you want to move to another service you would be able to move those games with you you can just access them directly I mean, but not necessarily um like shadow definitely but shadow yeah. is i think an outlier because shadow is more it's actually a computer in the cloud you yeah but isn't you, that the, that's the same with geforce now though no so if nope. you if you launch your shadow in like you sign up for shadow and you install the client you log in you just on the windows like yeah desktop. yeah exactly yeah and it's like all right now you go and install steam you install steam you log into steam it's like it's it's a, almost like a vnc type yeah. connection yeah. just way lower latency optimized for kind of low latency input and output um, but you install everything. And sure, at that point, like I, I've seen a lot of people actually using that for, for work instead of gaming because yeah, they yeah. have some kind of not super powerful computer, but they want to do like some 3D, uh, 3D animations or kind of 3D applications or even video editing. Mm -hmm. And they do that on that machine because mm -hmm. that machine is way faster than what they have at home. So you can do whatever you want. You can yeah. use it for gaming, but you can also use it for like kind of more higher performance workloads that would otherwise require you to buy a machine that you might not 
otherwise want to have at home. Yeah. Um, sure. So for Shadow, I totally agree. Uh, GeForce Now is... They have a launcher that behind the scenes kind of launches games through Steam and through the Epic launcher and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's totally up to G uh, to Nvidia to make deals with games to be yeah, included yeah. in that list. Okay, okay. So that's what true. happens at the moment because it's kind of in a beta mm-hmm. is often um, publishers say we, we we now signed a deal with I don't know Stadia, and we're not we're now cloud gaming exclusive on Stadia, okay. and then it's being removed from Nvidia. Yeah, uh, GeForce yeah. Now, which is kind of annoying so because you might to, have yeah, bought that, a game that's and then it goes away, right? But that's kind of the trade-off. Sorry, that's the trade-off in in the kind of business. It's less like that if you buy a game on Stadia today, that will go away tomorrow. Than in something like GeForce Now, where they have to make deals. In theory, you get everything apart except from if someone says no, and there's no direct tie between the publisher and and Nvidia. So there's no like long-term commitment because you buy it on a generic platform. But it, then that is more likely based on on recent experience more likely to go away at any point in time mm. without you feeling like you bought an explicit stadia game yeah so it's 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 very complicated i think at the moment because we're in such an early stage of everyone trying to figure out what they do but i yeah. do feel like considering how leveled it is the likelihood of all of that getting to a point where it is reasonable of a business model for for players i think is is very likely yeah like so that's what i want to get to i think what like your point earlier was that it it's good that there's so much competition because that's going to mean that for the for for the consumers there will eventually be like one product that works really well for everyone or I, or five right yeah but i think that could be a bit problematic it's sort of like having netflix subscription having amazon prime subscription having apple tv subscriptions like in the end you're going to have a lot of different services that you might need to subscribe to whereas before you sort of had PC versus like it, it, I think many some gaming studios might decide to go with whatever cloud gaming service is offering them to do something rather than like specifically marketing it specifically making it for like PlayStation or Xbox I think yeah, when it was only PlayStation's business Xbox. model you don't have to subscribe like you subscribe only that's, for yeah. like what Stadia calls like the pro plan I yeah, think yeah it's so like if you want 4K 60 and which most games don't support anyways at the moment yeah, yeah. and like hdr and 5.1 audio mm. then you have to you pay something and you can get the free game similar to like in uh playstation plus type of subscription mm. you pay i don't know what it is 10 bucks a month and you get a free game or two every month mm-hmm. and some extra pro things that you don't necessarily need if you if you don't mm-hmm. and later this year they launch base i think they're calling it where it's like you you just buy the game and you play it and yeah. there's no no subscription no yeah i do that- like i do like that i'm just thinking there could be a potential downside for consumers in that there are so many different platforms available and that makes it a lot harder for people to be able to end up like there might, it might make it harder for people to play the games they actually want. Whereas when there was only PlayStation and Xbox, it was easier. But at the same time, I mean, that's just how progress is made, I guess. Like you, you need competition in order for something better to come out. But I'm concerned that it might be just like this bandwagon that everyone's jumping on and all company wants to have this subscription service so they can make more profit from it because you've seen a lot more subscription in services theory, in general. In theory, it should become cheaper for everyone, right? Because like there's at the moment, Sony and, and Microsoft, if they sell a console, they usually make a loss. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. actually expensive to, to make consoles and ship them. Because it usually yep. takes years for like the pros 
the, the, their processes and their manufacturing to get to a point where they break even on a console and they only make money on on um, on selling games and, and subscriptions and those kind of things. And then, and I mean, you also have the entire like shipping stuff, manufacturing, right? Mm-hmm. And then realistically, even if you're like super active of a gamer, you probably for 20 at least 20 or so hours a day that console just idles yeah, yeah under your yeah. your your tv yeah. right most people won't use it 24 7 yeah. so in theory like having something in a cloud means you have way better utilization because when adam stops playing someone else can play on that very instance you know it's like in in theory and you don't have to ship it you ship it to centralized places everyone connects to that so i think mm-hmm. in theory it should be able to bring prices down right like because you have not this overhead of manufacturing things yeah. that are just yeah. idle around you have less like impact on on kind of manufacturing and all the waste that it creates mm-hmm. um you don't have the same type of support incidents right you like there were like the red ring of death for the for the xbox those kind of things are just no longer things you have to worry about you're not buying a hardware product that might break on you if there's an instance that breaks you don't care you just connect to the next one that isn't broken and whoever maintains that fixes it for you so it is definitely i i do think there are a lot of benefits especially for someone like myself i'm not playing like 100 games a year i'm not mm-hmm. playing like eight hours every day but when i do play games i want to see them in their best possible state yeah, yeah and for me that is often weird because i play maybe like there are maybe two or three games i absolutely want to play each year but that almost forces like i i buy i bought a playstation 4 but none of them are on xbox specific. so who cares <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Microsoft doesn't really have exclusives, I think. Oh, you have all the um, um, Halo games. They're on PC too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Point. I, I wanna, yeah. I wanna bring it to a question of um, we've we've all had some experience with cloud gaming services recently because we, we've all tried Stadia and just wanted mm-hmm. to quickly ask what without going into specifics about the game that we played because that's in the next mm-hmm. segment. Um, mm-hmm. How how was the uh, the the experience of using Stadia and and playing games with it. What do you guys think? So actually, we also play Portal on a cloud uh, streaming service. Yeah, so yeah. So the topic yeah. we talked last so that, week, talked yeah. about last week, yeah. we played that on GeForce Now, like a hundred percent from start to finish on GeForce mm. Now on our Macs, and even that was that was near flawless. I don't think. I think you had one hitch more than on your, glitches, but, but then we got an Ethernet adapter for your MacBook and that fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, overall, I, would, I still had some glitches after that as well. But overall, I've been saying, like, I've been thinking that, like, the connection works really well. And that, I don't want to, to make it sound like I'm against this as a concept. I think overall, I feel like this is a really potential, like, it's, it could be the potential way of playing games for me in the future. And at the moment, that's the only way I'm playing games. Um, so I'm definitely for it, but I'm just concerned it might be uh, hard to navigate the waters in the beginning because many people, many different, there will be many different platforms available for it, but I think you're probably right, Kai, that that could be beneficial <laughs> so in the long term. We're just completely but ignoring Adam's question. No, to answer Adam's question, <laughs> um, I've had a really good experience, and that's sort of like where I'm coming. I, I think the experience I've had made me feel like I don't really need to use any f- anything else unless there are exclusives. So we have a Switch, for example, and obviously I can play those games anywhere else. Uh, but I think I, pl- I also finished... Uh, so we're going to talk about guilds later, but I also play, finished Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. um, the first one on on Stadia, uh, and that one worked 
like fl- flawlessly. We had one time our internet connection broke down, uh, bro- broke out, but that was an internal thing. It's nothing to do with Stadia. Um, so like in terms of the streaming service, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've had, I, I've played hours of different games on, yeah. on Stadia and GeForce Now, and I don't think I've had any any hitches any issues at all but as i said earlier like our network is as ideal as <laughs> as it could yeah. be one um, thing i really like is so kai and i also played um some destiny mm-hmm. uh, using stadia and that's something we probably wouldn't have done if we didn't use stadia just because we wouldn't have had um like two like i think one of us would probably want to use the better, like, we, we have two different computers, one laptop, one right. uh, iMac, and we also have a TV. And I think we wouldn't really be able to play that with our setup um, if we didn't have Stadia. So now we could just both of us log in and play multiplayer so That was games. That was more of a logistics reason rather than, yeah. than Stadia. Yeah, but because realistically, I mean, as long yeah, but, if you have yeah. a console, you're less likely to have multiple consoles in the same household, and yeah. especially not multiple of the same. Right? Yeah. You might say I have a PlayStation and an Xbox because I don't know. I don't know you like the Xbox because, as we we mentioned, there are no games for it. <laughs> um, but you, you, you're unlikely to have two PlayStation Four Pros to play games that are only online co-op, right? In the yeah. same household, plus two TVs that you can play on. Well, with Stadia, it makes it a lot easier because, or any kind of cloud service, because you you probably have multiple screens in your house, hmm. but maybe not connected to the same platform. But now that is a lot easier and also for me personally i have certain games i would never play with with a uh, gamepad like i would never play a first person game with a gamepad ever like that's just not a thing i would enjoy doing mm-hmm. so i can i have like when we play destiny marlon played uh, on the tv with the gotham control the stadia controller yeah um and i played on my imac with mouse and keyboard mm. and it's also quite nice uh, i think at some points, I could imagine to also switch input. So if I want to, if, if there's like a specific part where I know that I need to be a lot more accurate in my aiming, I would maybe change to a mouse and keyboard and just log in on my computer instead. Or I, I switched to mouse and keyboard in a game that I would usually play with a gamepad because they had a sign-up sheet. Oh, and yeah. that is yeah. notoriously awful with, with any gamepad. So I just uh, uh, um, opened my, my Chrome browser, logged in, the game was in the same state. I just used the keyboard to put in my username, password, password confirmation, uh, and all of that with the keyboard quickly, and then went back to my uh, to the Chromecast and the TV. That doesn't and, sound and easier. Game. It was actually easier. <laughs> I know, that yeah. sounds like one of those things where you think, like, I'm going to save time by doing this 27-step <laughs> process that will make it quicker. <laughs> it was a two-step process. It was very simple. And confirming password. I, I use generated passwords for everything. That's just such a pain on the gamepad. Like, it's, it's... I don't know. It would take me... Minutes, years, yeah. minutes, years. <laughs> yeah. So for that, for that, like all of the game experience and the flexibility, I, I absolutely cool. enjoy that. And realistically, there are games I would want to play on PlayStation, like PlayStation Four games, but I wouldn't play them because I want mouse and keyboard. And like hmm. that kind of cloud streaming just gives me the flexibility to use the input I want. Um, how about you? How was your your experience on? My experience was good overall. Uh, you know, I didn't have any. I'd say uh, just playing in general once every couple hours, there may be a little glitch, just the thing where everything mm-hmm. gets pixelated for a half second. Okay, interesting. So overall, pretty okay. good. Um, I did. Was that on Wi-Fi or Ethernet? This is on Wi-Fi. This is just me. Okay, uh, cool. I, I played all my Stadia stuff, uh, 
with the Chromecast connected to my living room TV, me just sitting on the sofa with the whatever the Stadia joystick is called, uh, yep. playing games. And it was, it was mostly fine. Um, in addition to playing Guilt, I, I did want to try something else. So I played mm-hmm. a little first 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the second Tomb Raider game, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I, which I'd already played on PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. And so I, I played it on Stadia and it, it looked really good. In Stadia, there, there were, uh, two different options for graphics. You could either prioritize frame rate mm-hmm. or prioritize, mm-hmm. uh, resolution. Um, mm-hmm. I, which one did you pick? Um, I, tr- I played, uh, back and forth with both of them. I could never mm-hmm. tell the difference in the way things looked graphics wise. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I'm assuming that the better resolution was closer to 4K and that the yep. uh the other one was closer to uh 1080p. Uh mm-hmm. on, on my TV the distance I'm sitting with my old man eyes I could not visually tell the difference <laughs> but the okay. uh so the lower resolution one running uh, 60 frames per second definitely felt nicer. Mm-hmm. And then just okay. for fun I went back to my PlayStation 4, not the I don't have the PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 Pro, I have the regular base model and played the mm-hmm. same 15 minutes uh on that and it definitely looked much worse on the PlayStation 4. Um oh, okay. even worse okay. even worse than the um the lower resolution version of Stadia. Not massively still. It mm-hmm. still looks great on the PlayStation 4, but I was mm-hmm. I was really surprised. I uh I kept going back and forth. I I'm suspecting that on the PlayStation 4 base model it actually is some resolution even lower than 1080p. Cuz that's really what it was. Just Probably, things yeah. things just looked a little more pixelated, a little more aliasing. Um, the, just some of the lighting effects weren't quite as nice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it definitely felt like, uh, from a graphics perspective, you know, it felt like Stadia was, was well ahead of the PS4. Mm-hmm. One other mm-hmm. test I did though, which <laughs> made me a little less happy. I noticed when I was playing with the Stadia, it felt like the controls were a little laggy. And I don't know whether mm-hmm. that was just because I knew I was playing on a cloud gaming service. I was tricking mm-hmm. myself. So I did this little test where with the, uh, with the rightmost control stick, which controls the camera, I would like slap it to the left and let go real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the PlayStation 4, you slap it to the left. And then even before you can la- kind of let go, the camera is already moving. And on Stadia, mm-hmm. I'd slap it to the left and let go. And it would, it would go to the left. It would, recenter itself and then some number of milliseconds after that the camera would actually start moving it was it was oh, a noticeable okay. difference in in latency uh and i don't i don't know if i would have noticed that otherwise but it felt kind of even sluggish from the beginning that, that could be my internet yeah. I, i'm not sure but it definitely yeah Can did you um have your tv in the in gaming mode for both uh yeah my t well yeah i mean it was the same it was the same input with the same settings. It was the same TV okay. I was playing. Yeah, Kai, you did some extensive testing as yeah, well. I've, I've and that. I think the reason why you start... I mean, you're just interested in general, but I think you noticed in some first-person shooter games that it felt like the sound of... Uh, like the shot of the gun actually was a, quite significantly delayed in comparison. I mean, there were there were multiple things. Um, Stadia at the moment, they do not support compressed uh, surround sound but you can also not turn it off. So um, 
that caused a lot of issues because there there would be so many delays in our like TV setup that I actually bought like an HDMI switcher with a separate uh, optical out to go right to the soundbar because going through the TV and then to the soundbar it just added too much delay f- for me I'm I'm kind of weirdly picky about that so that was one the sound thing um, but I also did like I used the iPhone camera to shoot 240 frames per second video of playing the same game on different cloud platforms yeah. we only um, tried it on cloud pat- platforms right uh and one local one as a okay. comparison so i i used a geforce now with our, the closest server to us which is in seattle so we're in vancouver canada uh seattle is about five milliseconds away uh, i tried it in the la server which is about 20 f- or so milliseconds away and then i tried stadia but for me like i wouldn't even in like a first person game even the kind of middle of the road, which is still pretty decent, the uh, Northwest server for GeForce Now, I wouldn't, like, after about a minute of gameplay, I wouldn't notice a difference. Yeah. I would not think about latency at all. I would play the game. I, I finished both Portal 2 on it and Half-Life 2, which I finally finished after yeah. stopping and stopping and going for, I think, 10 years now. I finally finished Half-Life 2. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think maybe in the first few seconds you're thinking about it, but if, if the game is fun you're playing, then you just forget about it and you play the game. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Let's um, let's wrap up this topic with a, a question that I have for you. Prediction time. <laughs> Predict what, what year will cloud gaming represent 50% of all gaming Ooh, done, excluding mobile. Just we're talking like PC console, mm-hmm. the, the existing world. Uh, what year will will half of it be done via cloud services? Interesting. Um, and I assume you mean for the general population, not for us. I mean, it's for every, yeah, for everyone. Like, yeah. like of all, the, all <laughs> yeah, because for me, I think I'm already there. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, for, I'm talking about for everyone. I'm talking about for all, and yeah. you can, you can think of it in terms of money or just hours of games played. At, maybe that's even the better thing. Hours of gameplay. Uh, at what year will half of it be done on the cloud on a cloud service? I think this year is the year where that would be possible. Wait, you um, think 50% this no, year? No, I think where it's technically we're at a point oh, okay. where if you want to play all the games, you could play them there, but we're obviously not where everyone adopts you're, that. You're not understanding the question. <laughs> Predict what year it will actually happen. <laughs> um, Are you just stalling? I think we could get there by 23. 23, really? Yeah. Hmm. 21, 23? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought later as well. All right, Ma- Ma- Malin, what's your guess? Maybe 27? I just, I don't see a good reason why, like, technically, I think this problem is solved. For 99% of people, people will not notice the difference yeah, between cloud gaming do. and local gaming. It's just people People <clears> who have <throat> consoles today, they will keep on using the consoles they have for quite sure. a long time already. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, uh, I don't know. I would I would say ten, and even 10 years from now. And it's, because um, mm. to me, it's not a technical issue as much as it's a, it's a, it's a what games are available issue. It's mm-hmm. a uh, getting people out of old habits issue. It's a I don't trust things on the cloud issue. Uh, mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I think there are certain things that are happening now that ha- will probably push that. For example, um, CG Project Red's new game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is coming out. Right? Realistically, t- t- no more than one percent of people would have a computer where that place nicely because it's a super massive game i mean even today try to play the witcher 2 which is a game that's kind of old by now Mm -hmm. 
even today with the like one of flag the Nvidia flagship GPUs, it still doesn't run on max settings, like with 60 frames or more. So I do think like those kind of games will have a crazy demand on on hardware, and I can see if Stadia saying, "Hey, just pay us for the game, and you can play it. Don't worry." I do think that can start to shift things a little bit because people will out of necessity jump there and especially because that will happen before the next generation consoles are out so i do think there are certain events that might accelerate that to to just especially pc gamers who do not have who do not want to upgrade their pcs consistently trying it out with a game like that that would be hard to run on on local machines and i think as soon as you form the habit of just buying them for like a cloud streaming yeah, service and yeah. you're actually giving it a shot and it works for you i don't see why people wouldn't go more with that so i do think there's a good probability that that's happening yeah. faster than 27 i don't know i just feel like so many people still like to own what they're buying uh, like the, the, many people still no like no one to owns anything anymore thing. anyways right everyone's but, happy streaming netflix everyone's yeah, happy to yeah. pay like even but if you buy a game people, on steam you yeah. don't actually own anything but there are still people buying physical games just like going to but a that's game going store away buying too, physical right? games what's yeah. the percentage of that I, I don't know any of you know the percentage of physical games and write to us if you I'm happen st- to know <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyways we agree it's gonna be year 2030 and uh, <laughs> that that concludes our uh, our segment on uh, cloud gaming. If you guys are ready to, oh, sorry, Malin had one I more. I had one follow up question. The key point. On, on, okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. I had one follow up question on Adam's question. Um, <laughs> so how? Uh, so you're very optimistic about this guy that it will pick up quite mm-hmm. well. Do you think Stadia is the platform that will be sort of? Pushing people. I think overall, Google completely butchered their launch. It's one of the worst executed launch uh, frames, like timeframes I've I've seen for a gaming service so far. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I think in general for tech products, it hasn't been very very nice rollout. Yeah, I, I feel like the technical side was fine. Like games worked, everything was fine, right? But I don't know. Their communication was terrible. Their their kind of rollout strategy was mm-hmm. really strange. They're shipping... Their, like, they don't... You know, the idea is, like, it's a cloud gaming service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need any hardware. But realistically, for day one, you kind of needed hardware because, like, the, most people would want to play it on, on the TV with Chromecast and the controller. Mm-hmm. But that entire shipping yeah, their hardware big... to customers was such a dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah. And it was just no answers either. Like, people kept on trying to understand when they will be able to mm. play it and when they will get their consoles. And there were just not and really any gamers are renowned to be really chill about uh, <laughs> launch dates, right? So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, it was just such a dumpster fire because I think, as far as I know, no one got their things on day one which is yeah. kind of weird yeah i um, found it to be really unfortunate because i think the effort the technical effort has been like great it's like it works really well i think many people at google have been working really hard for this and i think it is a very ambitious project they seem to set up more and more game studios as well and acquiring more and more exclusive games and i think that is a really good sign but i think if the community it just feels like the communication is not not failing them but the communication is definitely not putting them in a great light and it makes a lot more people skeptical about it it's a lot harder to trust a company if you don't really have that communication and you don't know what's going on yeah so i'm, I'm not 
to answer your question, I'm not sure about Stadia in particular. Mm. I do think cloud gaming will be uh, successful. Stadia, it kind of depends. If they get their their stuff together, <laughs> I think they have a chance because they have good infrastructure, right? They have service like data centers everywhere. They they they're big enough to to make deals with companies. Uh, they seem mm. seem to get like Ubisoft and like CG project, CD Project right and mm. other larger game studios on board. They seem to build their own in-house gaming uh, uh, studios like they, they hire a lot of people in canada for for the game studio i do think they they do have some of the yeah the requirements like from technical side and from the infrastructure side that other companies would have to build up they yeah. do already have but most other companies in communication are like a hundred levels ahead of them and i think that could in theory really harm them and if mm -hmm. they're not figuring out how to communicate with people which you wouldn't think is that hard but apparently it is um i think that will they will shoot themselves in the foot and i mean You can bleed out if you shoot your own foot often enough. <laughs> also, their, their hardware actually failed on me. I had to uh, disassemble the entire controller because the bumper failed after about three weeks of using it. Not that frequently. <laughs> Just every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll put pictures in the show notes because that was probably the most difficult controller disassembly I've done in my life. <laughs> And I still have... Uh, No, nah, the cuts are now gone, but I had cuts all over my hand from trying to pry that piece of controller open. Cool. All right, um, on. Yeah, let's move on from that uh, on this positive note. Um, okay. So I think we, we're going to talk a bit about um, Guilt um, that we played on Stadia and our impression of that. Uh, but I think... Uh, Adam, you have a mini segment prepared for us in between. I'm very excited. Yeah, sorry, I did not mean to rush us off of the uh, cloud gaming topic, but I was just my enthusiasm for for the mini segment is so high that I, I just <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. I couldn't wait. Yeah. I couldn't wait. So <laughs> I'm 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 scared. What's happening next? Not as scared as I was about a scary game. But. It is not. It is not that. Um. Uh. It's not that exciting. But it. Um. It is the the 2020 fun quiz. Okay. Ooh, okay. And it is simply a and one on one level it is just a a quiz very similar to um the one that we did last month. In fact, it mm -hmm. is exactly the same sort of thing with the exact same uh rules. Um same questions. But this is <laughs> the 2020 fun quiz. So I don't think okay. last okay. time Kai yours wasn't the 2020 fun quiz, was it? Yeah, it was it wasn't that fun. No, it, <laughs> nor was it related to 2020. No, not at all. So, in fact, I don't think I had a single question related to anything that happened yeah, within the last yeah, five years. Yeah. So this is a quiz that I've written, and Kai is going to battle Mullen for the for the winning title. The rules mm -hmm. are right. exactly the same as last time. I'm going to ask a question. Mm -hmm. It's going to be multiple choice, A, B, C, okay. D, either four or five answers. Um, as I'm reading off the answers, you can yell out you know the answer if you think that's it but then then you've locked it in and it gives the other person mm -hmm. more time to think about it if they want and um yeah i don't think there's any, anything more to explain about it cool i'm excited let's get started oh wait i need to i need to mention first of all this is question 2020.1 because that's how we're that's how we're numbering things don't tell zach okay, okay. i like it um so we previously talked a lot about apple arcade which, uh, mm -hmm. for those who aren't familiar, it's the famous iOS subscription gaming service, which was released way, way back in the year 2019. Mm -hmm. But now... We all remember it. It's 2020, way in the future. Okay. And we're all hoping 2020 will be even better than 2019. 
So tell me. <laughs> well, 2019 wasn't super renowned as a great year, so. But 2020 can only, <laughs> get, can only get better. Yes, yes. So tell me. Yeah. On the first day of 2020, January 1st, 2020, <sighs> how many oh. games were available on Apple Arcade? <sighs> Ooh. This is a hard question. Okay. okay. Oh, man. Did I mention that all these questions are designed that you won't know the answer? <laughs> <laughs> a. 104. B. 114. C. 124. D. 134. Really? I wouldn't have even have believed it's over 100. If you would have given me have. 50, I would have locked that in. E. 50. <laughs> <laughs> Pick E, Kai. I think that's the one. All right. Can you, can you go through this again? I was thrown off by the high numbers. All right. I'll go through them again, but I'll also tell you that it's A through D, and they start at 104 and go up by 10 each one. A, 104. <laughs> B, 114. C, 124. B. D, 134. I'm going to say A. Kai has picked B. Is that what you said? 114? Yep. And Mullen has picked A, 104. Mm-hmm. See, the, the way I justify this is because I felt like Apple said that they would release 100 by the end of the year, and then it's like... They added those four extra to just push it over the line. The idea, yeah, they're not going to overshoot by too much. Yeah. The answer is A, 104 games. Yes. Mullen, you were correct. Good choice. Thank At you. At the time I Thank looked, um, there were, I think there's 106 or 107 now. They have added a few uh, since January 1st, but on January 1st, there was exactly 104. Nice. Okay. Woohoo. Good job. Malin has one point. Kai has less than that. How many questions are there? How much time do I have to catch up? There's five questions. Oh, okay. Ooh. So they matter a lot. Question number two. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Question number 20, 20.2. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see where this is going. Many games out there have a game title that contains a year far in the future in order to entice us with their so-called futuristic <laughs> gameplay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's now 2020, and the future is now. <laughs> Each of the following games has the number 2020 in its title, except for one of them. Ooh. Which okay. one like does this. not have 2020 in its title? Now, I'm going to read the All names right. of these games. Obviously, I'm not going to include the 2020 part <laughs> in the title. Uh-huh. <laughs> A, Raid. B, mm-hmm. Earth Defense Force, C, Seventh Dragon, D, Super Baseball. Oof. All right. <sighs> have you played all of those games? I haven't played any of these games. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you tell me where in the title the 2020 is? Is it always in the beginning or always in the end or just somewhere? It is always somewhere. <laughs> All right, let's let's go through. A raid. B Earth Defense Force. C Seventh Dragon. D Super Baseball. Uh, C. I was also about to say. It C. sounds weird. Where would you put twenty twenty in there? Twenty twenty Seventh Dragon. Seventh Dragon. Seventh twenty twenty Dragon. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> uh, uh, I go D. But no, I think C, was defi- what was it? No, uh, D was Super Baseball. Super Baseball, that must be 2020. Sorry, you pick what you want. <laughs> okay, so Mullen says C, Seventh Dragon, and mm-hmm. Kai says D, Super Baseball. Mm-hmm. 
Neither one of those is correct. <sighs> okay, do we get to pick? Pick the, again. Whoever says it first. Um, B. A. <laughs> okay. Raid. Malin has picked B. Earth Defense Force, and Kai has picked Raid. Before you before you conclude, I thought B was the most likely to conclude twenty twenty. <laughs> okay. Well, first, before I give you the answer, let me let's talk about C and D. All right. Okay. So, Super Baseball twenty twenty is a futuristic mm-hmm. baseball game. It was released on the Neo Geo in 1991, oh, wow. later ported oh, wow. to the Sega Genesis. The game follows the basic rules of baseball, but there are several upgrades since the game takes place in the year 2020. <laughs> the most obvious difference from real baseball is that some of the characters in this game are robots. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Of course. I thought they used video cameras for cheating and st- 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 stealing bases. <laughs> that was a reference to real 2020 baseball. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for clarifying that. Seventh Dragon is a role-playing game for the Nintendo DS. And Where's it, the 2020? Well, it has a sequel called Seventh Dragon 2020, which was released in <laughs> Japan on November 23rd, ni- 2011, for the PlayStation oh. Portable, PSP. Okay. Okay. That's not super not futuristic. It's, it's like, like, yeah. it's like <laughs> this game plays tomorrow. I know, I know. <laughs> what, was, what was its futuristic uh, element? Um, it does take place in the near future in a post-apocalyptic Tokyo in the year 2020 where the dragons have invaded the city. That seems more accurate than the baseball one. Kai, you said you, you picked A, Raid. Yeah. Raid 2020, unfortunately Damn for it, you. Yes! is a cyberpunk action video game for the NES. <sighs> I felt like I wouldn't get that one. It was released uh, in North America in 1989. And, Malin, you picked B, Earth Defense Force 2025, Aww. is a third-person shooter published for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in 2013. Okay. Cool. W- what do you do in that game? In that game... The Earth Defense Force, a unified multinational military sponsored by nearly every country, is founded after detecting an impending alien visit in case the aliens <laughs> proved to be hostile. In the year 2017, that proved to be true, and the EDF fought against the Ravengers, an alien race that attacked Earth with giant insect-like creatures, UFOs, robots, and gigantic 120-foot-tall lizard-like creatures. In the year 2025, the EDF must protect the Earth again from the alien invaders. All right. Okay, I don't think I ever played that game. It sounds <laughs> I don't way think too. I will. It doesn't matter. You're ahead, so you you, right. you know. <laughs> cool. So, question number twenty twenty point three. All right. Okay, we talked about titles for games, but when titles aren't enough, these desperate game developers will go so far <laughs> as to set the entire plot of the game in the future. The decade known as the 2020s, once considered to be far in the future, has arrived and is here now today. So tell me, which of the following games has a plot line that takes place sometime during the 2020s? The entire decade from January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2029, the plot takes place somewhere within that decade. Okay. Earth Defense Force. (laughs) A. Portal 2. B, Ooh. Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Sorry, are we saying which one isn't or which one is? Which one is. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. A, mm-hmm. Portal 2. B, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. C, The Last of Us Part 2. D, Ooh. 
Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon 2. Hmm. Coincidentally, all sequels. All right. I, I exposed myself as a not Call of Duty, uh, uh, huge Call of Duty fan, but I thought the Modern Warfare ones were the ones that in the future. Wait, what's this Modern Warfare though? B is Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure if that one is also in the future. I feel They're all sequels, so they all could be in the future. Mm. But they might be further in the future. That is a fact. Mm. Mm. What was the first one? What was A? Portal 2. Portal. Oh, yeah. Mm, That is tough. A game that we all recently just played. Yeah. So that was... I don't want to give them all in. Yeah, I'm going to say A. Okay. So the reason I don't think it's Portal is... (laughs) <laughs> is because the first one was somewhat already in the very near future, I believe. Yeah. And then it's been like nine, 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 nine days in in the in the in the small room, right? That's how the game starts. Mm-hmm. So that feels like it would be further in the future than nine years from now. But it was also the first one was made quite a long time ago now. And considering how much it all collapsed, I would say it's been a longer time than that. If you're looking at the... uh, This might spoil Portal. uh, (laughs) But if you are looking in the... If you're looking at the sort of... uh, The the behind-the-scenes world that you're finding in Portal 2, the part that isn't part of the... Like, the the part where... The office space, basically. That is definitely set in the 70s. So I think it was just built in the 70s. And then you are still there in the 2020s, and then it starts to collapse. That makes sense if you have an under, under, underground thing. Mm, but also plays within the half-life time. Anyway, so I, I don't think it's Portal. What was C? C was The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, man, that's good, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to pick, Kai. Huh? All right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm considering between B and C, but I go for C. The Last of Us 2. I don't think it's C. I think that's a lot further in the future. Could be. Oh, Black Ops is good too. Oh, I don't know. No, you picked C, C already. I commit to C. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're both incorrect. Okay, B. Well, D. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about the ones that we already know don't apply. <laughs> Portal 2. Okay. There is no uh, official knowledge of exactly when Portal 2 takes place, but I base this on the uh, Half-Life and Portal wiki, Mm -hmm. and uh, Portal 1, uh, which they connect, because they're connecting it to some of the events in Half-Life and Half-Life 2, Mm -hmm. uh, takes place somewhere in the the 2010s, it's believed, and Mm -hmm. then therefore... Uh, Portal 2 does take place some number of decades, centuries, or thousands of years mm-hmm. uh, after. And mm-hmm. that's basically, there's no way it takes place in 2020. It can, whether you believe okay. it's 50 years later after Portal or 50,000 years later, there's some debate, but in either case, it does not place, take place in 2020. All right. Okay. See, The Last of Us Part 2. Um, in The Last of Us Part 1, the the original plague took place in the year in the time period it was released, which was 2013. But then the actual story took place 20 years later, which would Ooh, have been 2033. Okay. Uh, and then the sequel is five years after that. So it's in the okay. late 2030s. All right. So um, we have left B, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, and D, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon 2. Epic C, Epic D, right? You pick Ghost Recon. The answer is... Kai finally got a point. Woohoo! <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops 2 takes place in the year 2025. I knew it. 
Tom Clancy's <laughs> Ghost Recon 2. Uh, there's actually two different versions of this. The PlayStation 2 and GameCube version have a totally different plot, apparently, from the Xbox version. Really? Um, even okay. though they were released at the, around the same time. The uh, PlayStation 2 version took, takes place in 2007, and the Xbox mm-hmm. version takes place in 2012. That okay. is weird. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting decision. Yeah. All right. Do you know anything more about that weird decision of releasing the same game with different stories? I, I do not. I just know that they it were... It was probably just released later because they were porting it and then they... Something that was a, a port given to a team and they decided to do something different. I'm not sure. Mm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So Kai's on the board. Yay. I take the point. All right. Let's, let's tie this up. Question 2020.4. This is a little segment I'm calling the lame name game. <laughs> there are hundreds, if not thousands, of terrible games released on Steam each year. And many of these games showcase their awfulness with game titles so ridiculous, it's hard to believe they aren't completely made up. Ooh, I like this. Okay. The year 2020 is no exception. Which of the following very bad titles is not <laughs> the name of an actual game scheduled to be released on steam in 2020 okay so let me let me word it the other way there's five things i'm going to list four of them are actual games that will be released Mm -hmm. or have been released in steam on steam in the year 2020 one of them Mm -hmm. is something that i've completely made up okay this is so fun you think you got it you ready no i don't think i got it but i will think i will enjoy it a pets sniper shooting (laughs) b Taxidermy. Oh, I imagine that game. Uh, Okay. C, wire lips. (laughs) Okay. Are all those horror games? (laughs) D, still moist. (laughs) (laughs) What are the, what are the, uh, steam, steam regulations? (laughs) And E, wide ocean, big jacket. Okay. Mm. All right. What would what would you make up? Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> I hope I hope it's not moist lips. <laughs> no, it wasn't moist lip. It was still moist or wired lip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, um, for me to blend into one game now. Let's sit, let's go over them again, just so I can say them out loud one more time. <laughs> A. Pets sniper shooting. B. Taxidermy. <laughs> C. Wire lips. D, still moist. E, wide ocean, big jacket. <laughs> I don't get the last one. I mean, I don't get any of them, but the last one is just super random. Uh, I have ideas of what those games would be about. I, don't I go with D. D. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of D as well. I'm sorry, Kai, in order to, uh, for it to count, <laughs> you have to say the full, the full answer. <laughs> I was afraid you wouldn't make me say it. Uh, still moist, I think, is, is the game. Okay. And Malin, now you have as much time I as you I will go with B. B. You, what is B again, Malin? Taxidermy. Taxidermy. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's a game you could come up with. That that's, that's, a, that's a strange game. It's a fun word. I, I just I don't really know how to process would work and how well it would translate into gaming. No, that's why I think it's not the real thing. I know. Thing. That's why I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I feel like the other ones might be horror games. I mean, this sounds horror. Still moist. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so we have we have someone's locked in for still moist, and someone's locked in for taxidermy. <laughs> One of mm-hmm. you has the correct answer. Ooh, okay. let's okay. talk about the ones that were not correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pets sniper shooting 
is a game that has a release date of January 15th, 2020, but it is still coming soon. <laughs> Funny pet characters in dead serious shooting and survival game that makes this game very, very unique. Unlimited fun and unlimited adventure. If you double the very, you know how unique it is. Play with your favorite yeah. pet against other pets. This was pretty much what I expected this game to be about. <laughs> I could have written that description from only knowing the title. <laughs> so that is a game coming very soon to Steam. Okay. Mm -hmm. Put it on your wish lists right now. Um, and by the way, if, if any if any developers are listening to this and they're mad that we're making fun of their games, we will at least put links in the show notes. So maybe you'll get a few uh, extra downloads. Mm. <laughs> okay. Another one that was not picked, um, C, Wire Lips, is a real game that uh, was released uh, just today on Steam. All right. uh, Lita's life changed in one moment. She and her friend Lena found an old music box in the mountains, and soon Lena disappeared. Wait, her name? Lita versus Lena. Her name is... Are you serious? <laughs> Maybe it's... <laughs> who, who, right? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're also Wait, twins. Is, that, okay. the, is that your main criticism of the game? Is that they, they're, <laughs> they're not good at naming characters? <laughs> But honestly, I'm always... Uh, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, go on. Uncover the secrets in atmospheric third-person horror game. Yeah. Mm, that sounds like it's a horror game. Mm. And finally, um, of the ones that were not the correct answer, but are a valid game, E, Wide Ocean Big Jacket, <laughs> is a game that's set to be released in February 2020. An aunt and uncle take their middle school niece and her boyfriend on an overnight camping trip in Wide Open Big Jacket. Take part in classic gaming camping trip, roast hot dogs on the fire, go bird watching, tell ghost stories, grab a beverage from the cooler, and do cartwheels on the beach. <laughs> okay. okay. Cool. Cool. 2020 will it's be a good year of gaming. Yeah. Hope they're releasing that for cloud platforms. But who has picked the correct game that I made up? Maybe me. I say this with absolutely no pride whatsoever, that the game that I made <laughs> up is D, still moist. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I thought you would. So, <laughs> thankfully, there is no game actually called that on Steam. But there is a game called Taxidermy. Yeah, that's that's okay. that somehow scared me more. <laughs> yeah, what is taxidermy about? An eighties VHS style first person horror experience. In this oh. game, you are locked in a house of a mad taxidermist, and surviving oh. is up to you. So it's like they give you the choice: <laughs> survive, don't survive. <laughs> See, good. I thought this could just be a very boring game where the whole concept is to just stuff animals. animals. Yeah. I would be a lot more settled if that's a game that's out there. The horror thing, I'm not, I'm not very comfortable with. Yeah. Mm. By the way, I should mm. mention, this is just kind of like inside trivia. Still Moist is the sequel to the original game, Moist. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, what year does the story take place in? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very humid, humid times. <laughs> Is this in Florida? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the, Could it be anywhere yes, else? Global warming has uh, re wrecked havoc on the world. Okay, well, this is awesome. It's a tie so far, two yeah. points each, which Ooh. makes this last question, okay. question number five, super exciting. Okay. <laughs> so, I wanted to end on a slightly more positive note, and I want to talk about <laughs> games that we're looking forward to. 2020 okay. is a year with... There's a lot of new games that are being released throughout the year that we can look forward to. 
<laughs> Which of the following highly anticipated 2020 video games is currently scheduled to be released last? Okay. So I'm going to list five games. A, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay. B, The Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. C, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. D, Marvel's Avengers. E, Doom Eternal. All right. Gosh. I'm I'm delivering between two of them. I don't want to give it away. Mm-hmm. I know I actually know roughly release dates for two of those games. So I do have a slight advantage. Um It's fine. But any game could have been announced for even later than any other game. Mm. <laughs> Good hint. <laughs> that's not a hint. That's just a that's just a, you know, so which one started? A, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Mm-hmm. B, The Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. C, Cyberpunk 2077. I go for C, Cyberpunk. D, mm-hmm. Marvel's Avengers. E, Doom Eternal. This is hard. Wasn't, wasn't Last of Us supposed to come out quite early? Well, I felt if we would like it was know. a very late stage of development. Uh, but I feel like... That's something that could also be delayed. <sighs> I'm thinking about the Marvel one just because I haven't really heard about it. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like Marvel would be pretty fast at making it. I'd say, yeah, Last of Us. All right. I think um, Animal Crossing was also delayed. Okay. Um, I think Doom Eternal is actually the, the soonest. I think that's... Yeah, I feel like that one will be out quite soon. March right? or so. But I think it was maybe also pushed. Cyberpunk is definitely September now. Okay. But definitely, I mean, I think maybe. <laughs> um, Last of Us could be... Isn't it a... Cro- it might be cross-generation, right? So it could be mm-hmm. towards the end of the year as well. Yeah, I'm not I'm not good with those. But yeah, I, I go with B, Last of Us. Well, <laughs> Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and Doom Eternal are both scheduled to be released on March 20th. They are okay. the, the, the <laughs> Did most Those games most really, they're a good combo to get. The other three, um, I don't know about Animal Crossing. You might be right about that. I know the other three all have had delays since their original um, dates. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us Part Two is currently scheduled to be released May 29th. <sighs> okay. okay. The other two, Cyberpunk 2077 and Marvel's Avengers, both have been very recently announced to be delayed to September. September 19th or 21st for Cyberpunk? Am I right with that? Cyberpunk Cyberpunk 2077 is uh, September 17th. (sighs) Close enough. And Marvel's Avengers is September 4th. So Cyberpunk is is correct. Man, I, I did so well in the beginning <laughs> of this quiz. Yeah, uh, you know. Cool. That was fun. Well, congratulations. People like like the underdog coming back to take victory. As in people, you mean you? Yeah, mostly me, yes. <laughs> I think, Mullen, I could tell you got a little confident there towards the middle. I think that's that was your undoing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. I'm mostly, uh, I'm, I, my high of this, this quiz was still moist. I think that was, that was definitely where I peaked. I peaked at still moist. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to okay. take that exact phrase and edit that somewhere into the podcast in an unexpected place. 
<laughs> I peaked at still even, moist. Even where, ac- even where I actually said it was kind of unexpected, I hope. Uh, let's, just, let's just tweet that. <laughs> and thus concludes the 2020 fun quiz. Well, yeah. It was very fun. Yeah. And mm. it was very 2020. Yeah, you know, there's, there's got to be a theme. So, good job. Yeah, lives up to the expectation. And I like winning, so that was good. <laughs> and I don't like winning, so it's perfect. Because you don't want to have to make the next quiz. Exactly, yeah. No, I just have to stick with number facts. I'm pretty, pretty bad at that. So. All right. Yeah, but thanks for that quiz, Adam. That was fun. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. It was great. Ah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I was super lost in the beginning. I felt like I uh, would get more confident towards the end. Mm. That was good. Cool. So that concludes that segment. Let's go le- into our last segment. Which wait, is our- wait, was that the segment that I won? Yeah, you, yes. Oh, uh, cool. That was a fun segment. Okay. So now we're going to go into our video game segment where we are going to talk about the game we've been playing the last month, which is Guilt on Stadia. It's a Stadia exclusive. If you haven't played this game, we will give you a short summary of it, uh, and then we will blow some type of spoiler horn, and then we will spoil stuff. So don't listen after that if you haven't played it. Or if you want to be spoiled, go for it. Yeah, it's your choice, but really. <laughs> it's a free world. Make your own decisions. <laughs> so, you to babysit you. Um, how would we describe guilt? According to Wikipedia, it's a puzzle adventure game in which players assume the role of a young girl searching for her missing cousin in an abandoned mining town. As players explore the dark town and its alternate world, they must battle monsters and boss characters along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. That seems about right. Uh, I'm really not good with creepy or scary games, so it was really not good with this game. So they don't even describe it as horror or thriller or anything? They just say adventure? It's not an adventure I would want to go on. They say monsters. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'll clarify for other people who haven't played it. If you don't like anything creepy at all, this is not the game for you. But I would say it mm-hmm. still falls shy of what I would classify as a true horror genre game. I feel like horror games often are focused on being a horror game. And that's not really what this is. The focus of this is that you, like, you're not in an abandoned cabin or anything. Um, you should actually just find your cousin. And that's sort of the idea. Uh, a couple more generic things before we do the spoiler horn. What I really liked is the music and the art direction. I think mm-hmm. those were quite stunning. Mm-hmm. Like the music was incredible. There are some technical issues with the music and the music cueing that I had issues with. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like sometimes the music was happening after the event that should have triggered the music was already over, which just felt like a, I don't know, it was a bit of a waste because the music was really good. Um, and. But like art direction, like a lot of like the, the there's a lot to to see that mm, is not yeah, yeah. you don't need to see it. It's not like they they push your nose into like look at this this drawing on a wall. But it was yeah. like just there, and it was. It very... felt like they put a lot of attention to the in, in, into the details, mm. and I really appreciate that. And it was also not repetitive design. It was actually quite unique, different pieces throughout the game. All right. Anything else that's not spoiling before we get into. I don't think so. Other than just, uh, yeah. it, we, we all played this on Stadia. It is a Stadia exclusive, as we mentioned. And, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any technical problems with it. It just felt like playing mm. a game. So that was, mm. that was good. Cool. All right. Spoiler horn. Spoilers. Toot toot. Beep, beep. Now we have a choice of three different, uh, things to use later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we probably just use a different sound effect. <laughs> 
All right, cool. So um, I've wrote a bit of an outline in order for us to not get too all over the place this time. Um, So we've done the short summary. We've done the spoiler disclaimer. Now I would like to ask for your overall impression and feelings about this game. Uh, Did you guys like this game? All right, we're starting with the with the I final mean, thoughts. <laughs> and we'll, go away. Okay, well, you have okay. to, you have to start with one. an overall feeling, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I think, like we already said, uh, like either Kai or I really like creepy. We don't like horror games. I thought a creepy game would be fine. I appreciated the atmosphere and like the art style of it. So I thought it would be would be quite fun to get through, but. Uh, then there are those like jump scare moments that I don't really think are necessary for this game to be great. So I think that was a bit unnecessary. Not that many jump scares. Just some, like the TV flashing with this doll on it. Like that was a bit. I didn't. I didn't think that was necessary. Mm. Um, playing it by myself was a bit was a bit creepy. Uh, I didn't really like that. Um, I overall thought that the. The idea of the game was really nice. I like the fact that it's tackling bullying and that it is tackling the different people that are involved in bullying. Because obviously, when you are being bullied, um, it's it's quite obvious that it's a bully, the person who's bullying you, who is the the bad person. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's like the obvious person who should not be doing what they're doing. But then throughout the game, it really starts to talk about those like bypassers, like people who are right. bystanders, people who are just standing by and like letting it happen and i think throughout the game you sort of notice that the main character sally might have been one of those people who who was just standing by and i think you but it also comes across that sally was also being bullied and i think it's sort of brings back this like like it, it really tackles the idea of bullying as being a very difficult situation for anyone involved in it because even people who are not being bullied directly that are the ones that should intervene they are the ones that could suffer from it too, because if you are sort of getting involved, then people might bully you. And I think it was just an interesting situation to deal with. Um, so I, I liked how it sort of tackled that theme, but I think there were certain things that still were led, left unanswered for me. So I would love to hear what you guys think about this. Like the world that they are in is obviously this sort of effect of the main, of, of, of the cousin being bullied. And I think, uh, the idea is that like those monsters are created and this like negative atmosphere is created because of the things that she's experiencing, and I think often like that's how people can feel. They can feel really like threatened by everything, and they can feel like everyone's watching them if they're being bullied. And I think that was really good. But then but they bring the in concept, this like right, of like sneaking around, being yeah. kind of the do not want to draw attention to yeah, yourself exactly. in school. Yeah. So yeah. like I I totally agree with you that I thought that was interesting and yeah. But I don't really get where the mining comes into this. <laughs> and like, it's sort of supposed to be this old mining town. And you find those books and they're like people who used to live in the mine and they seem to all have different type of psychological issues, but it doesn't really belong in bullying. But for some reason, they ended up in the same world, I think. And then I don't know what happened to those people. And it sort of goes through those, like all of those characters that you meet from the mining mining town, they all have some, they meet someone else who has green eyes, who sort of tries to re, re, uh, like help them out of the situation. But it's never really, like, I don't feel like I have a closure for that part of the story. And I don't know how it belongs to, how it fits into bullying. It doesn't. 
<laughs> right? Okay. So I didn't like, but maybe I, like I didn't find all the stone people. So maybe I missed something. No, I I agree with you. I, I've I have a number of critiques of the game, but that's that's one of them is that it felt like. I didn't understand how it all fit together. I, it starts mm. off mm. definitely early on thinking like, oh, well, clearly the monsters represent the bullies and this is some sort of yeah. like reality that's been created because of the bully or it's, somehow it's connected. And actually by the end, then I, uh, at the end, I thought, well, maybe that wasn't true at all. Maybe that's, maybe, mm. maybe, or maybe that's what yeah. they started to go down. Cause then, yeah, the mining thing makes it sound like there were these monsters way in the past and that and and, yeah. and and how like the thing where you, you have to take the gondola ticket to get to this weird world and like it, it doesn't <laughs> yeah it kind of just i'm not gonna say like oh it doesn't make any sense because obviously maybe they had something in mind and i'm just too dumb to get it uh but i i consider myself someone that usually kind of tries to put the pieces together and uh, mm-hmm. and i just it felt like it felt like it was a couple different things they were going for maybe some stuff got cut out maybe they had you know, to meet some release deadlines and some some mm. side side quests or side stories involving the miners that was supposed to connect it in some way that just got mm. chopped. I, I don't know, but yeah, I agree for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I guess so. My interpretation of that was more that whatever happens in in that mine led to I don't know what it is like the 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 rocks that they were mining there that they lead to people experiencing those the thoughts they have into that that leads them into that kind of alternative universe of where their biggest fears actually become true and they're okay. in the world of being bullied and that all of those people experience that and because they were in the mines and that mining town being, I don't know, contaminated with those those rocks or whatever, leading to those actually becoming real worlds for mm-hmm. those people. That that was my interpretation of how mm-hmm. those connect. And I don't know. Okay, that so might you... be completely wrong. But no. it's just that people are being bullied all over the world. But in this particular town, that becomes like a real world that people mm-hmm. get trapped in. Oh, okay. So you think it's like something in the water that makes them... Maybe it makes this yeah whatever the exposure effect. of those kind of strange rocks yeah. and or whatever they were mining there is that that actually leads to people being trapped in those thoughts or into that world. Okay. So that usually bullying is bullying, but their bullying becomes this kind of more significant thing because yeah. all of the people that you meet kind of have their own stories of like people not understanding them or or you know they all have something where they're feeling misunderstood or mm. somehow misplaced. Yeah. And that's why I thought this game was good. I think even if you haven't been bullied as a person, I think everyone has been one of those people in this situation. If you see someone being bullied and you feel like you didn't do what you should be doing. And I think it's just tackling a lot of difficult situations and other sort of mental health issues. Mm. And I think it's it's good. Like the good, the game is really one good of those, right? Because yeah, there was one person I think um, they were kind of diagnosed or something, but felt like no one actually tried to help them. Like mm-hmm. they thought they had like some kind of a physical just uh, uh, like situation going on, but no, none of the nurses cared and none of the doctors did anything. Which is not obviously not bullying, but still a form of kind of feeling lost and and alone. But yeah. in a different kind of frame. And that's kind of how I, in my yeah. mind, patch yeah. those things together. Like yeah. everyone has those kind of things where they feel like people do not help them or ignore them for whatever their, their issues might be, while mm-hmm. you yourself believe it is an issue. And then, then because yeah, of the mining, you, you get being... into that weird, weird. So it's sort of a symbol of the dark space that you can get into from feeling alone in one way or another. 
Yeah, so I, I like that as a concept, but I felt <laughs> like um, there were certain parts of the games that I didn't enjoy because, yeah, it felt like pieces were just not puzzled together. But uh, I like this idea. I think this makes sense. But I don't know if it might have been... It could maybe have been a bit obvious. Uh, no, I, I, it shouldn't be too obvious. But yeah, um, I think you're right, Kai. I think that's how it sort of formed together. But there were also certain things that just confused me more, like the canaries. I don't know how yeah, much time you spent yeah. with like shooting the birds with your flashlight. Oh, that made me so mad. I <laughs> I saw one of the canaries at some point, and just based on my... I guess I just did it wrong, but I was not able to... What, you're supposed to shine the light at them, right? And and yeah. somehow I... T- I didn't even somehow, try Somehow that. I tried that, and it just didn't work. And it's probably just because I wasn't close enough, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. Um and then, so every other time I saw a canary and I'm like, oh, there's nothing to do. You know, that just doesn't do yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. And finally, like towards the very end of the game, uh, I think they made you shine it at one of them. And I'm like, oh my God, this, I could have been doing this the whole time. And then I felt mm. kind of mad. Like, I don't want to go, you know, like I could, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, yeah, you don't, it's, yeah. I've ignored the past seven of them just because the first time <laughs> I tried it, it didn't work. Uh, so mm-hmm. annoying. Yes, I, I I didn't even think of it. It was this like beautiful canary making some nice noises in this horrible world, and I was like, I shouldn't kill this. I didn't even think of that. Well, and that's the thing. And the first time you see the first one, you can. It's easy to convince yourself, oh, this is just an interesting artistic thing yeah, that they yeah. added, right? And then by the time you see the second one, it's like, okay, this is a thing, but I already tried. Maybe I have to wait until I have some new power, and I have to go back. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I could have could have done it the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind of weird. <clears throat> also, do either of you know how that ties into the rest of the story? No. I thought it's just like a canary in a in coal mine. You feel lost or you, you you don't fit in. Okay, yeah, that kind mm. of makes sense-ish. Um, do we go into the next part of your outline? Uh, so I want to give some overall uh, impressions, yes. if that's okay. Um, yes. Which I don't I don't want to be a, a downer about the game, but I I just felt like it was kind of law to be honest um it's um i usually like this kind of game a lot this is a a game that i was excited for and right up my alley and there's nothing Mm -hmm. horrible about it it's not a bad game i just thought overall you know it's fine like i i feel like if we weren't talking about it for this podcast and you just asked me oh how was the game adam i'd be like oh it was fine what'd you guys think oh yeah it was fine i kind of like this part and that part and then you know we wouldn't talk about it longer than yeah two minutes right it's it's yeah yeah i don't know if i would have finished it if it wasn't for this podcast because it was just scary and i i my body was actively refusing to continue to play at some point i I was just like this is really not my kind of game i need molly in the same room (laughs) doing the entire playthrough we should we should make a rule where if we're if we're playing a game and we ever just decide we just don't want to play it we can just change it. I mean, I felt I, that way. I, I, would, I, I felt that way half through, halfway through, but it wasn't because it was too scary. It was just because it was like I was just, yeah. I was just bored. Yeah. to be honest, I got so annoyed about that kid running away. I, like it was so many buildings <laughs> to get through, and I was like, seriously. Like, and I, I just I, as a game but, mechanic, that's yeah. annoying, right? You're like, oh, I'm, I finally made some progress, yeah. and then it's like, oh, now you go to super elaborate weird way to find a different way to 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 the kid and it's like oh now gone again and now she's running away and you're like oh you know it's it was so infuriating yeah yeah this and it's it also felt like a bit arbitrary because you were like towards the end of the game you were on this hill you could see her down there you go through this weird tunnel instead of just climbing down the rocks it's so often that i felt like the environment 
should discourage you from a certain pl- way, but it was unrealistic that you couldn't go that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like, oh, just just climb up the shelf. Why do we have to do this? The fact that you can't jump or can't crawl over anything is tedious because realistically there are so many other ways to get around things. Yeah, yeah. That, that that bothered me a little bit, but not as much as you guys. I feel like sometimes you, you start playing a game and 10% of the way and you just realize like, okay, this is the game logic. This is the restrictions. This is like like mm-hmm. the second, yeah, the yeah, second yeah. time the little girl ran away, I just knew like, oh, it's going to be that kind of game where... I'm going to go to every single building in this school because she's going to keep running. For, it's mm. like, you know, the princess is in another castle uh, yeah. Yeah. over and over. So, Because I, did, I didn't like the mechanic. That was even more annoying because it's like, all right, finally some progress, maybe it changes. And then it's like, oh, no, more of the same. And it's like, if, if you're really into that, it might be fine. But because I was really not into it, it just made it worse because it always felt like, all right, progress. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, more of it. Um, there were also certain things like... I I do think the mechanic of like the flashlight was clever and good like that you had a flashlight but it, the game encourages you not to use it because people would or monsters would mm-hmm. see you if you use it to kind of force you to to have a dark game become even darker I think that was yeah. really clever and added to yeah. the atmosphere a lot what I didn't like was um the boss battles in air quotes it was I don't know. I don't know if it... I just felt like that entire game engine and mechanic was not made for some quick action type of, of boss fight. Because I, it's, I spent so long time, like in the first when you fi- fought the like lava fire monster, you know, how you have to get the monster into the, the water mm, right. coming from the ground. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just clipped around the water because I didn't realize just it touching it w- wasn't enough. It needed to somehow storm into yeah. the water. So it was like the monster was literally clipping into the water and nothing happened. I was like, what's happening here? So we just kept walking around the water for like a minute and nothing happened. I was like, Ugh. and then you had to shoot a flashlight to get blinded to run, run into it. And you could, I just felt like it felt so awkward, that mechanic, because the game was clearly designed for like sneaking and slower pace. And the, both b- monster battles just felt super awkward to me. I hate all boss battles for every game, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I started... I felt like the boss battles made it interesting. I started to feel like, okay, now I sort of see, like, there are those things sort of protecting the girl from leaving, and it makes sense to some extent. And I thought it was fun to, like, mix, it was mixing it up a bit, so I quite enjoyed it. I would say that I actually, in general, if I'm happy that... I came through to the second part of the game because I did enjoy the game more throughout the second because there was a lot more variety. I think yeah. uh, ever since you entered the auditorium, it started to be more interesting, different game mechanics, I think, because you had a sneaky around, you had a bit of boss fight in between, and then you had some puzzles in between as well. Um, and you also found a fire extinguisher, and I felt like there was just so many different things that you could work with. Um and I like the art style a lot um, of those later parts. And it was creepy, but more like story-based creepiness as well. So I think that's what was, was really good. But I do think it was like the boss fight was a bit clunky. I thought that might just be me not being, being, being very good at the boss fight. But then when I saw you struggling with it, Kai, and you have a lot more experience with boss fights, I realized that it's probably not that. Um, and I felt like there were certain things when it's like, I just 
kept on running in circles for a really long time. But I, as I said, I thought that was just me because I often tend to use that strategy in order to like think about what to do next rather than standing still and being hit by a boss. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, what I found be a bit clunky is like, maybe that's another motion thing. It felt like many of the cutscenes were very clunky. It's like, Oh yeah, you were suddenly yeah. thrown into it, and I felt like her motions were sometimes the same as well. Like now she's gonna stand up and put this cog on, and it was just like that motion was quite clunky. Like the transition between all those things mm-hmm. were, were yeah. a bit unpolished, I think. Especially pretty- loading sequences into uh, like I don't know, like cutscenes. Yeah. They were super weird. Like you could always see like things popping in everywhere, and like the character felt like it was standing in a different position it was kind of weird in multiple places like even from the very beginning it was kind of i i was surprised about some of the technical glitches in the game also what i noticed i don't know if that was because i missed a book but you know how you find those strange books everywhere (laughs) um another strange book Mm. And the weird thing, I found the very first one, and I had no idea what it was, mm-hmm. right? So I walk up to this thing, I pick up the the very first book I've ever seen in this game, and my character says, another one of those strange books. I was like, what do you mean another <laughs> one? It's literally the first one yeah, I, I think found. that was the first one I found too. I don't know. If so I don't know. It. Did I miss the one that would have triggered? I wonder what this strange book is about. But then it's also, my, my character seemed to be a bit of a moron. She never realized <laughs> that things are happening. It's like, I, I found like 100 of them, and she's like, Another one of those strange... No, you know what those books are by now. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. why do you say another one of those strange books? Yeah, and also, I never want to go back to this school. Or like, this can't be my school. And it's like, you've been playing for this this was so, so, long, so long. And like, the whole city is destroyed. Yeah, but you're like three it's hours... Like, she's, like, she's merely dismayed that the school is a little untidy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, this doesn't look like the gym. It's like, yeah, your gym is also not full of like monsters as don't burn you if you're like it's like i don't understand it it almost threw me off that she mm. was so i don't know this disconnected from what she was experiencing yeah. i was like what are you what's going on with you <laughs> like how can you be so oblivious to your surroundings? maybe that's trying to tie into her her not being <laughs> yeah. uh paying attention to the bullying of her cousin <laughs> that she just doesn't yeah. notice anything yeah maybe but you're such a moron and that actually that actively annoyed me in the game it's like oh i wonder where the, the strange man from the gondola went to <laughs> the one that just disappeared in front of your eyes that's an it's interesting like, point because that that kind of that kind of thing is the thing you typically see in like children's stories or movies like it's, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. like and and this game i'm not really sure what age it's intended for because in some ways the art style feels like it's it's a little more cartoony, yeah. a little less uh, gritty art style, but then clearly it's very, very, very creepy. But that's what it reminded me of. There's a lot of, you know, I've watched children's TV shows or whatever. There's a thing where like mm. the character's like, what do you think this could mean? And they want kids to be screaming, yeah. it's, it's, it's under the, under the table or whatever, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. But then there are things that are like super weird about the place and she doesn't even comment on them. Yeah. Like all the eyes, uh, all the eyes that go throughout. Oh, the yeah, yeah, like oh, weird eye pop. Oh, that's funny. I'd actually forgotten about the eyes until just now. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's yeah. So I don't know. Th- those kind of things just felt a bit Out surprisingly unpolished yeah. for like a t- Kia Works game yeah. to me. See, um, I, in the beginning, I was thinking, wow, it would be great if there's more dialogue. But now I wonder, like, it was sometimes so frustrating. So maybe it would have been better if she just didn't say anything. 
mm. and you just have to figure it out by yourself. And there might be like at least some not imp- continuously the same line. It's, it's it's it it does feel overall like this. Either they did not have the budget to make the actual game that they intended mm-hmm. to make, or this was given to like the B team at the company or something <laughs> like. I don't mean that in an insulting way, but it just it just feels like there's a certain level of of overall polish with things coming together in the right way that this just seemed to lack. And that that was sort of one of my overall mm-hmm. criticisms was if I make a list of everything this game has, it's all stuff I like, right? I like mm-hmm. I like indie yeah. games. I like artsy games. Mm-hmm. I like unique graphic styles. I like games that have kind of a, ooh, what's going on with the story game. I like games that try to stir emotion. I even like creaky creepy games you know and i i like mm-hmm. i like stealth mechanics a in a lot man. of games and and somehow despite it being a checklist of literally everything i like i did not love this game it's it's sort of like mm. it's mm-hmm. it, it's um less than the sum of its parts which is kind of sad mm. um and i and i think maybe i mean i'm not a game developer but i'm i'm imagining that that's you know that that sometimes just happens you if you just have like oh let's take 20 great ideas and mm-hmm put them together or 10 or whatever it doesn't mean like i like puzzle games and this had some puzzles but it Mm. it didn't all gel together like is it a puzzle game you solve like five puzzles throughout the game and there was like oh now we'll have a slightly different mechanic with the fire extinguisher but it's the thing right there were five puzzles but you had to do all of them three times Yeah, it and it and it felt like like you mentioned about the boss fights. It kind of felt like, oh, well, we should have some boss fights. You know, that's that's like check. Mm. That's something that games have. Mm. And it it, <laughs> it 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 instead of like mm. picking like a single mechanic and really polishing mm. it and deciding mm. how can we, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it feels a lot like something that was. I, I I agree with like I mean, despite it not being within the genre of games, I I tend to gravitators i do think this feels like a classical case of where the deadline moved up a lot quicker than expected because if you look at the things that are usually kind of done towards the beginning right like the art direction and the art style and all of those things were super polished like you could look up the walls quite far and Mm -hmm. you would still Mm -hmm. see interesting elements that most people will never see like all the like when they had like in the in the um art gallery part of the school where they had like the the uh the painted um the masks yeah like those they were all unique and all mm. very interesting mm. and like the shadow mechanic was amazing yeah, right like that was, so that was good. probably that one of the so early things creepier. they worked on was yeah. making the shadows cast and mm-hmm. ra- just the right way and i feel like the shadows were in your for non ray tracing in a game this was very impressive shadow uh shadow work yeah um and all of those things were were really nice and really polished i just felt like the bringing it all together and like certain things like the transitions like the the um voice acting and those like just like bringing ideas together and then finishing them up strongly yeah i think that's what lacked and that's usually what happens as you refine it towards the end of this, the process, right? Yeah, I wonder if there was some pressure coming in the end when it was going to be a Stadia exclusive, but I don't know if that uh, that agreement happened later on. Yeah. Who knows, right? It might have even been that they ran out of their... Like, it, it, it seems like something that seems like a... Uh, concise idea but then it clearly grew quite a lot mm, right yeah yeah and maybe they even needed a stadia exclusive deal to even have a budget to finish it at all maybe so you're saying we should blame stadia no matter what <laughs> <laughs> well, i say actually it could be the opposite right maybe they were 90 percent done with a smaller scoped game and then 
becoming Maybe. the Stadia exclusive, Google's like, oh, we really mm. want a AAA game. Is there anything you could do to kind of beef it up and make it a, a little, yeah. a, you know, it, turn your whatever eight hour game into it needs to be a twenty hour game and so yeah like could you maybe put some boss fights in there (laughs) (laughs) the kids like boss fights (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, I want to ask what ending did you get up Adam I I chose to uh, my character to stay in the world and give the ticket to my cousin okay I went down I just left. But mostly yeah. because I knew Mullen picked the other ending. So yeah. we want to kind of... We want to see both ends. You know there's a third ending. Yeah, we looked it up on YouTube after. Yeah, so I tried... Even though I knew Kai didn't like the game, I had a feeling he would list, dislike the ending quite a lot because, you know, you, you, you oh, work around sucks. for like the eight en- hours. The ending is, is horrible. But I feel like all three of them are not great. <laughs> but I, I thought that the third ending would be interesting. So I like pushed Kai to find all the stone people to get all of the tickets. We didn't end up finding all of them so then we just sort of stopped looking and we looked up the last ending on youtube but even the third ending wasn't as exciting as i thought yeah I no, thought that I, would well, be a bit more well it was just oh you closing. can say both of you but it was still dumb yeah <laughs> but it's also again feels like a checklist item of like hey people like making decisions in how the story unfolds <laughs> it wasn't it's that's like, true but this this way was like the worst that uh, the ending actually really yeah. bothered me and not just because it was a downer ending. I don't mind downer endings, but it just felt arbitrary. It, it felt truly like, yeah. um, I mean, everything actually it's back, everything having to do with that, that stupid old man, uh, was just dumb and arbitrary. It was just like, yeah. I'm going to be the one, give you a creepy ticket. Oh, you can't go back without a ticket. It's like, why, why don't you, why not? Why don't you just turn on the power and let me go back <laughs> up uh, or go down in the gondola or whatever? And, and, and of course it, it's just like, Oh, you're going to have to choose. It's like, wh- why? Why can't we both stay or why can't we both just like, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll I'll ride on top of the gondola. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think maybe it was supposed to be like, are you um, trying to make up for the fact that you neglected your cousin when she was bullying? Mm. You know, are mm-hmm. you going to finally do the right thing? But at the same time, the game was trying to say in a certain way, like maybe we can't blame Sally for that. You yeah. know, that, yeah. that you know yeah. she's she's did her best and and that you know yeah. uh, you know she's not a bad person. And but she was. It seemed like she she was also. Yeah, it seemed like she was also being bullied, and I think yeah, she might. Yeah, yeah. She also been in a similar situation, want to get out of there, but also she did have some friends that were bullying. But I think she was just in an awkward position. Yeah, I don't think she did no, the right, right thing, but I also don't think she should suffer in eternity. Yes, that was the thing. Is the whole game kept reiterating like, oh, maybe she did the best she could, but then at the end, it's sort of like, well, now are you are you finally willing to pay the ultimate yeah. price mm-hmm. to make up for the fact that you let your cousin be bullied? It's like, come on, that's just... Yeah. But also, even that that mechanic, right? I, I had, I don't know, five, six of the stone people that I found. Mm-hmm. It's like I had six what looks like to be quarters of a ticket. <laughs> yeah. How does that not... <laughs> How many did you need to find? Yeah, there's 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 no way to tell you. They don't tell you, do they? There's no, there's no progress. You can yeah. see you can see on the map how many you found of what. Yeah, but do you but need all of them? I, I don't know. Yes, I think you do. Small games like this, I often do try to complete everything just for fun. But hmm. uh, I'd say about halfway through, I knew that I was going to need to do that, and I just decided I'm not going to. I, I I knew mm. that when I got to the end, I was going to decide not to go back and try to collect everything. That I just wanted to yeah. finish the game mm. and get whatever ending was the ending, and mm. and that's sad. You essentially backtrack all the paths you ever taken. Mm. It's it's just not to me a fun 
mechanic. And I think that overall, for me, is what was lacking. I didn't find any of the mechanics particularly fun. Yeah. Like, I, I can play certain games, and they have no story, and I like them. Like, Towerfall as an indie game has no story. You're just shooting errors, and it's a fun game. Mm. Uh, I do like games that are very, like, story-based and almost no game mechanics, yeah. but the story is very engaging and polished and, and conclusive <laughs> or or purposefully open-ended, and I can appreciate that, too. But I felt like in 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 Guild, I I lacked that. Yep. I I didn't feel like the it was very focused on game mechanics, right? Because story was very small part of the overall game in a way. Like there were not a lot of cutscenes. There was not a lot of progression. It was mostly gameplay. But I didn't find well, not real because you found the books and stuff like that. So. Sure, but it was definitely mostly gameplay. But even mm. that was not to me wasn't fun. And I thought it might be different yeah. if you're into creepy games. Like, I liked sneaking games. I just felt even that wasn't quite right because escaping felt meaningless a bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's just not yeah. doing it for me. I will say, I will end, uh, or if we're getting close to the end, I say one positive mm-hmm. thing, um, because I did like creepiness, and I'm sure you guys hated this part. Um, the, the, the creepy little girls were fantastic. Mm. And I say ah. that as someone like, the, the, a, a little creepy child is a, a cliche that's done a million mm-hmm. times in horror games, horror movies. And at this point, it's, it's hard to do effectively, but I felt like they really nailed it. I, you know, I'm like, that, that, that is the right voice. She's saying the right creepy things. She has the right creepy yep. look. She moves in the right creepy way. Like they just, completely nailed that so i was i was i have to give two thumbs up for the creepy little girls i 100 percent agree even even that that felt really polished right because in the beginning uh she kind of the first one you find kind of turns to head before it turns to body so you kind of have this can can the creepy thing see me or not kind of way you figure it out but then later in the game they actually change their the movement pattern yeah where she starts walking with her eyes still backwards, and then they flip around. So I thought all of that was was just. I mean, I hated it, <laughs> but it was mm. was very very close to. They just wanted to be your friend. Of, <laughs> what that's what she told me repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that was that was incredibly creepy and super super well done, mm. like incredibly well yeah. done. I, I, despite not enjoying it, I, I do appreciate it. Mm. And in general, the, the what do you call those? Those kind of mannequins. Mannequins. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you notice that they were moving, Adam? I I did notice that sometimes they would slowly move as you walked by them. Yeah, yeah. Would I didn't notice that you? when I played it. I, I got, guess I was just hurrying up away from it. But yeah, I saw that. No. Yeah, I was uncomfortable throughout the entire game. But when the, the mannequins start moving, Marlin just before told me, <laughs> don't worry, the mannequins will never move. <laughs> but because you might- it, for me, I just thought the dolls were the ones moving. I didn't really feel mannequins are moving because I didn't Marlin, Marlin was small. also kind of creeped out by them, so she yeah. never looked at them. <laughs> yeah. I was like, at least I want to look at them and kind of see what they look like so Marlon kind of just rushed through them so she just told me don't worry they'll never move <laughs> all <laughs> through the next corridor and all of them turned to me and I was like Jesus <laughs> so I, I actually had goosebumps not that I wasn't uncomfortable before but that was when I was like yeah. paused and had to take a break yeah, that was well done <laughs> and I like the, the little scenes of the mannequins essentially bullying a mannequin version of, of the girl that was mm. yeah that was that yeah. was good yeah, so I did this. Overall, I think a lot of those things, and that's why it's so weird. I would probably give the game like a two and a half out of five. It felt very like, 
Yeah. Um, but not that we're doing ratings on the show. Um, but all the things that I, th I would have liked to appreciate them more, but I was too terrified to mm -hmm. appreciate the things that did really well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think those things like the, the mannequins, the, the, the doll girl things, even that they're like the two faced idea, right? I, I don't know. I've never had them actually f see me. So I don't know. They had like in, in the cutscenes, mm -hmm. it, it looked like the face would open. It does. I've forgotten about that too. <laughs> and I think that's kind of implying the two facedness of, yeah. of the main. I didn't Main realize character. that's a uh, analogy for two-facedness. That's, but that that's makes what I assumed, right? Yeah. Because she's like, both she's trying like, to be I a love friend, you, but also... And then she's like, eh, scaring, yeah. like screaming at you. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that That all seemed very well done. Yeah. But I just, I, I just can't do creepy stuff. Yeah. So no, I'm, but I think like art direction and like the story, like the writing seemed really promising and like the initial idea was really good, but I feel like there might have been things that were just not being polished as much as they could be. And I think you're right, Adam. I think the recipe is there and it's great. So like as a concept, it sounds like a really good game, but I think there were certain things that were, I mean, for me, it was too, too creepy. But apart from that, there were also certain things that just didn't feel as polished yeah. as it could. Yeah. And I think that didn't give it justice. I think if I would have liked creepy games, I would have in overall yeah. thought the game was recommendable. Mm. But because I didn't, it was just, I just wanted to get through. And I guess in itself that probably for me, this is going to be a more lasting gaming experience than it is for you, Adam. Because you're like, I play creepy games all the time. Mm. That's fine. This one wasn't. Yeah, this would be like the one creepy game you and I ever talk about. <laughs> to be to be clear, I don't I don't play like super horror games all the time, but just but creepy, creepy is fine. Like, you you play creepy. Yeah. Like I had to stop playing Batman because in Arkham Asylum there's one you being sprayed with like Joker's gas and you hallucinate, and I was like too creepy. Got to stop. I I abandoned that game halfway through because it started being creepy. That's that's the level of how it's. <laughs> How easily I'm scared in video games. Okay. And I don't know where that's coming from. Like, video games can't do it at all. Movies kind of fine. Don't really care. Huh. Creepy, creepy alleyways. I'm like, uh, that's fine too. Just video games. When you're having a controller and I don't know what it is. It's like, I, I'm too engaged in the game, but I also feel like I don't have my normal palette of... In real life, if I'm too scared, I can run away. I felt like in this game, I couldn't. <laughs> what you're saying is you, you want this game to have a version in VR so you can experience it oh, uh, <laughs> fully immersed. <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, when you move to TV and you get that, I think there are only one or two jumps. That's what I'm saying. That's like this. It's so creepy. If I would have had that TV scene in, in VR, I mm -hmm. probably would have not touched a VR headset for two years. <laughs> All right. Cool. So that was that was our uh, very elaborate uh, impressions of guilt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think next week, next month, we will talk about VR gaming. Yay! And, and we're going to play guilt in VR. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we we're going to play uh, super hot. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes. Also so we're going to play that. Creepy. So if anyone wants to play before we talk about a segment uh, or before we talk to the game, I would recommend people to spend some time playing Super Hot in VR. It's great. Yep. And yeah. And in particular, the VR version yeah. is the one we're talking yeah. about. I don't know if we mentioned any of the non VR parts of the game because it's, it's, it's essentially two different games the VR mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. and the, the flat screen one. Super hot. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool uh, it was great chatting to you adam and kai yep mm. you too looking forward to not having to play creepy games for a few years now yeah me too
Still moist. It was still moist. I peaked at still moist.